If you have your Bible, turn to the book of 1 John. And really chapter 4, we're going to back up and get part of a verse in chapter 3. Uh, just kind of to jump in uh, to chapter 4. I feel like it'd be good to get at least that last part of uh, the verse there, verse 24. 1 John chapter 3 and 4. Now, as you turn it on, go ahead and just kind of bring everybody up to speed. We've been studying a thought. And we're going to continue to look at the thought of being surrounded by enemies. Throughout the Bible, you find God's people surrounded by enemies. Uh, with Israel, you see them surrounded by physical, uh, just, just at war, a lot of war. You look at the book of Joshua, of course, Moses leading in, and Joshua, you find where they just went forth to conquer and they were uh, always dealing with enemies. You think about the kings come along and the battles that they would have to fight. And then we get into the New Testament and the Lord gives us uh, the age of grace. We live in the age of grace. And uh, he lets us know that we are not at battle against flesh and blood. Now I know that, you know, when you think about America, there's times we've gone to war and blood has been shed. Uh, but we're talking about a spiritual battle, spiritual enemies. And so that's not a cause. The, the thought of being surrounded by our enemies, you know, if it was just me uh, and I didn't have God on my side, uh, that would be an overwhelming thought. It would be completely overwhelming to think, my goodness, they're just enemies surrounding me. I'm, I'm up against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness. In high places, I'm against all this, and it's just a little me. And certainly, I can't handle all that, but it's not just me. Uh, in fact, there, it's not a cause to worry to think that we're surrounded by enemies. But on the contrary, it's a cause for us to suit up for the spiritual battle that we are in, put on our spiritual armor. So that armor, we're not going to deal with that much. I know you've studied that probably before, but it's found in Ephesians chapter 6, and he says that we are to stand in the power of His might. Not our might, His might. We're to stand with the power of God, and we're to put on the armor that the Lord has given us. I even think about how Paul told young Timothy, he said, you be a good soldier. We're soldiers in a war that's going on. And we are surrounded by enemies. Now again, that's not flesh and blood, but spiritual adversaries. So we've looked at that already. We're not going to backtrack tonight. First John chapter 3, verse 24, the last part of it says, And hereby we know that He abide in us by the Spirit. Notice that's a capital S. Speaking of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. By the Spirit which He hath given us. Beloved, believe not every spirit, lowercase s, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the capital S, Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come into flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ is is come in the flesh is not of God. 
And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. You're of God, little children, and overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know ye, or know we, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So tonight we're going to unveil the true enemies. Uh, we spent last week, or last week in the study, we spent looking at the, that our enemy's not flesh and blood, even though the devil uses people. Get thee behind me, Satan, whenever Jesus was speaking to Peter. So the Satan, Satan, our enemy, our adversary, he used Peter. He can use me. He can use you. He can use your wife. He can use your husband. He can use your best friend. He can use any person that uh, does not look to God. He can use you uh, to be a hindrance in this world. And certainly there's many times when you have been hindered by someone that was being used by the enemy, by the devil, by his minions. And so, uh, that being said, tonight we're going to unveil the true enemy. The spirits behind those minions, we called them last week, that are being used as pawns in the devil's attacks. You see, whenever someone comes at you and, and maybe try to hinder you. Just give you an example, Job. And the things he was going through and experiencing, his wife come along and said to him, "Why don't? You, how long will you uphold your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? That caught Job off guard. He, he looked at that and he said, you speak like one of the foolish women speak. I don't believe he was used to her speaking that way. It caught him off guard. You're, you're speaking like somebody foolish, like one of the heathen people. You're speaking like the world. You're not speaking like a good Christian woman's supposed to speak. So that can happen uh, to us, and we need to be aware of that, but it shouldn't be cause for us to hate people. We are to love people. We are to want to see people saved, and those that are saved, we understand, hey, I, I consider myself, as I try to help you, Consider myself, lest I also stumble, lest I also fall. Uh, so uh, the the devil he he does attack us, and he uses people. If you're saved, I want you to get this: if you're saved, know that the Spirit of God abideth in you. God's Spirit abides in you, and so that's very good. That's very special. I'm thankful that I'm not in this by myself. I'm thankful that when the Lord saved me, He didn't just save me and say, okay, now figure it all out by yourself or resist all by yourself or gain wisdom all by yourself, but rather He gives us the Spirit of God. Uh, and so here's the war. He said, even though you've got the Spirit of God within you, He said, believe not every spirit. There's the war. Paul made a statement about the war that was going on within himself. 
He talks about how that he's a spiritual man and he's also at the same time he battles the fleshly man. And, and he said, the things that I would do, I do not. And the things that I would not, that do I. So you can, oh, wretched man that I am. And, and finally, you know, who's going to deliver me from this? And he had to give all the glory to Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's through him that we're able to overcome and win these battles that we go on, uh, that, that we deal with. So our mind, I want you to think about your mind just a minute, where, where you collect all your thoughts, the different thoughts go through your mind during the day. I want you to understand that is the battleground where this spiritual warfare is taking place. If the devil is going to uh, get at you, if he's going to land the fiery dart, He's going to do it there in your mind. That's the battlefield that you're, you're going to face. And so, uh, the Spirit of God is within every child of God. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says this, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So we've got an advantage. We've got the Spirit of God. If you're saved, if you're lost, you need to repent, trust Jesus, and be saved. But if you say, the Spirit of God dwelleth in you, and, and at the same time, at the same time, Brother Andy, we still live in this whole fleshly body. So there's a war going on. And, and I've got to deal with this war. And the Lord says, suit up. Suit up. Put on armor of God. That you can withstand the fiery darts of the devil. Timothy, you, you need to... You know, present yourself as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Boy, there's a battle going on. How many of you understand you in a battle? Every day you, you get up, you, you, you get dressed, and you get ready for the day, and hey, you're about to enter into a battlefield. You, you're going to have an enemy that wants to destroy you. I don't think we stop and consider the adversary as much as we should. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to disrupt you. He wants to harm you. He wants to destroy your child of God. He wants to destroy your influence so that you can't help anybody else. That's what we're up against. And so we're living in this fleshly body and we're subject to attacks by this spiritual, wicked, enemies oh and so he said beloved believe not every spirit believe not every spirit what do you mean believe not every spirit well there's one spirit of truth just one everything else is a lie anything that is against the spirit of truth is a lie Notice he said the spirit of truth. Uh, we have the truth. And, and yet at the same time, boy, we live in this life. He said greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the way we win these battles is by standing fast in the power of God, trusting the Holy Spirit, and not believing the lying spirits. And that so, Brother Brad, it sounds kind of complicated. You kind of, you know, that, that, that sounds like a lot. How am I supposed to discern between one spirit and the other? How, how, am I, how do I discern between them? I'm going to tell you this. It really is easier than you might think. Whenever 
uh, I first started studying this, Brother Tim, I thought, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Try the spirit, whether they have God or not. I thought, my goodness, not only am I supposed to follow the Holy Spirit, but I've got all these other spirits trying to mislead me and lie to me and might even use the Bible a little bit to, like, like Satan come at Jesus. He used the Bible, didn't he? He just twisted it up. So how in the world am I going to know if I'm being led by the Spirit of God or not? The Spirit of truth. How am I going to know that? I said it's, it may be easier uh, than you really think. And the reason is this. Every day, every day we present it with choices. We have certain circumstances, certain trials, certain temptations that come our way. And we always, always, always weigh those choices, those circumstances, those trials, those temptations. We weigh it by this right here. Spirit of truth. How, how am I going to know the truth? Weigh it by the that, That's what Jesus did. When Jesus faced the devil, every time Jesus, uh, the devil would speak to Jesus, Jesus would take him to this. And whenever the devil would use this in a twisted up, uh, manip manipulated way, I say that, manipulated. Uh, every time he would try Every time he would try to do that, twist the scriptures up, Jesus would say, this is what the Lord really says. So he was taking that attack and he was bringing it before the Word of God. He is the Word of God. So he was directly combating it with the Word of God. And he said, what you're telling me does not line up with the truth. Therefore, believe not every spirit. Get thee behind me, Satan. You're, you're an offense to me. So, uh, we always have these different circumstances come along. Always. We always weigh it by the Word of God for clarity. The Word, Bob said, the Word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God helps us to discern even our own thoughts. So let's get some real life application. I, I see some of you kind of looking at me uh, thinking, you know, what's all this mean? Let's get some real life application here. Have you ever heard somebody make this statement or maybe you have, you said, boy, I've been working so hard on this and I'm just so proud of what I've accomplished. That statement is being made more and more and more Good grounded biblical church members used to know better than that. But people took their Bible and put it on the shelf and they just listened to the world, what the world says. And now all of a sudden, every child of God, boy, we proud of this and proud of that. I, I, I have been, look, I've been trying to lose weight and I am so proud of myself for what I've accomplished. I've lost, lost seven pounds. Not really. I haven't. I probably gained that many. But I, I'm using that as an example. And, and, and oh, I'm just oh, I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of what I've done. I'm going to ask you something. Well, before you say something like that, you try the Spirit to see if it's of God or not. We are to try the spirits to see if it's of God or not. So, so whenever we make a statement like that, how does that stand up to the Word of God? So, well, I didn't mean anything by it. it. It really don't matter 
We're talking about spirits. We're talking about a warfare going on and, and how that you being prideful is not a good thing. It's never a good thing to be prideful. Never. Well, brother, what about this pride over here? It's not a good thing to be proud. In fact, let's weigh it by the Word of God. We're going to try the spirits. I'm giving you an example. Try the spirits. Psalms 10 verse 4 says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. A wicked person has a prideful countenance about them. Not, not God's people. A wicked person. Psalm 36 verse 11 says, Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. Don't let the foot of pride come up against you. Oh, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of this. Proverbs uh, 18, I'm sorry, Proverbs 8 verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy. You know anybody's just arrogant? Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. So God's saying, I hate it when somebody is prideful, when somebody is arrogant, when they have a forward mind, they just speak things without really thinking about it, and it's things that's contrary to Scripture. I hate that. What God said, I hate that. Well, Brother Brad, I said, I didn't really mean, you know, I didn't mean anything by it. You don't have to. You're a child of God. We are to try the Spirit. So again, we are in a battle. And we're not going to win our battles that we're facing by doing things our way. By leaning to our own understanding. If we're going to make advances for the kingdom of God in 2023, we're going to do it by the word of God, by listening to what God said, not what everybody else said. Not what my own you know, feelings say about it. So, uh, let me ask you this. How often do you get angry? Pretty common occurrence for me. <laughs> well, brother, I don't ever get angry. Well, then how often do you lie? <laughs> Getting angry is pretty common occurrence for humanity. But, Brad, I, ha I don't get angry anymore. Jesus did. Maybe you should get angry. Jesus did. He set us an example. How to be angry. So uh, I ask you, how often do, do you get angry? So I, I know that you understand it's here. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26 and verse 27. It says, be ye angry, be angry, and sin not. <laughs> be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil." I ask you about being angry because we all get angry. But whenever you get angry, you know it is the will of God that you try the Spirit that you're now dealing with by the Word of God. You see, whenever you get angry, anger is not a sin. It's not. But you've also got to understand this about it. Oh, Bible said, "Let not the sin go. Let, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That is a command. Neither give place to the devil. 
Whenever you're angry, you are very vulnerable and you are in a condition to give place to the devil if you're not very careful. So what you got to do? You got to try the spirits. Try the spirits. Boy, I'm just so angry, I ain't thinking straight. You know a lot of times when people get angry, they see red. Total disregard for anything. There's people that get so angry that they, they do not even regard reality. What are you talking about, Brother Brad? Didn't they bite Stephen because he preached to them? Brother Brad, they trust him with stones. They did, but while they were doing it, the Bible said they gnashed on him with their teeth. Brother Bud, that don't even sound human. People can get so mad that they see red. They, they don't even see rationally. They, they're not even thinking clearly. The Bible said we'd be sober-minded. So when you get angry, be angry. Sin not. That means while you're angry, you still have a command to think soberly. Otherwise, you're going to give place to the devil. Also, now he said, when you get angry, sin not. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. So God give a direct command about being angry. You get angry, but do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. So if we do that, if we allow it to go, let me give you, you, you women that are here, you know it's okay for you to get mad at your husband. It's a good thing. It's okay. Get mad at your husband. I mean, my, my wife gets mad at me from time to time. But it's how you react when you get mad that determines whether or not it's a sin. You, you see, you get mad at him and then after a while you work this thing out but now if you take and you get angry at him, well, he really got under your skin this time. And you're angry with him, and you go to bed, and you go to sleep, and you're angry, and I mean, I'm not talking to you. And you get up the next day, and you just, you, you moping about, and you, you want him to speak to him hardly, and you're mad, and, and three or four days go by, and you still, you're over ironing, and, and you're just pressing the wrinkles out. You don't even have to iron the thugs up. He's pressing them wrinkles. It's a man. You know what the Bible said about that? He said, that is malice. You've let this thing boil over. And about the time he speaks to you, you will explode. That's happening all over the world. That's happening in a lot of homes and a lot of marriages. They're just exploding with one another all the time. Short fuse. We're not, we're not to be seen angry. Oh, I tell you what, I got a short fuse. Bible said, don't be soon angry. Don't be soon angry. And whenever you are angry, make sure you get this thing worked out pretty quick. <clears throat> and while you're angry, do not give place to the devil. Do not. Don't see red. Don't act without thinking. Don't let that anger get so much that you're not thinking straight. There's a lot of people's anger landing in prison. They are. 
There's been some preachers along the way been silenced because of their temper. Bob said, don't be a striker. Now, Brother Brad, what about Jesus? Jesus got angry. And it was not just, you know, you know well, he got a little bit flustered. He got angry. He platted a whip. He run people out of the temple, flipped the money changers over. He did. He set us an example. He was passionate about what was going on in the house of God. He said, this is a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves. He was passionate about that. There's some things worth getting angry about. And, and, and it's not, we're not just, you know, tiptoeing around it either. So be angry. Try the spirits. Look, take that attitude, that, that spirit, take it to the Word of God and try it. What does God say about it? And let the Holy Spirit lead you. Greater is He that's in you than He's in the world. God help you. He'll help you try the spirits. He certainly will. He'll help you try the spirits. We still must try the spirits. We are surrounded by enemies, and it's not just flesh and blood, or it's not rather, it's not flesh and blood. It is principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. You know a high place that I can think of here on this earth? You sit in it right now. This is God's high place on this earth. You realize there might be some spiritual wickedness you deal with right here while you're sitting in the church house? Better try the Spirit. All of a sudden, I stand up here and I preach something. You say, I rubbed me the wrong way. You, you get mad. You get out the door and you, you just spewing hate and you sowing uh, discord among the brethren. What spirit are you following? It's not the Holy Spirit. That's not how God wants us to deal with things. You get out here murmur and complain. What spirit are you following? We're not to be murmurers, complainers. We're not to. So uh, anger uh, and, and these things need to be led by a desire to highlight the truth. Be angry, sin not. Highlight the truth of God's Word. Why are you angry? You know there's been a lot of people one to the Lord by how somebody dealt with anger. They, somebody that was lost watched somebody that was saved get angry and sin not. And they thought, boy, if they did anything to God, it must be that person. They must know the Lord. There's no way they can act like that except they know, know the Lord. And it'd be a blessing. And you can also, you can, be a, you can be a stumbling block if you follow the wrong spirit. So there's a lot of things we could deal with, uh, you know, I, this idea, well, you know, I'm not hurting anybody by what I'm doing. What spirit are you following? Not everybody's got a phone nowadays. There's things on these phones that it is very, very, very dangerous, more dangerous than having a gun in your hand. These things that destroy young people, and not just young people, older people too. I mean, every day, destroying them spiritually. And these young people look at it and say, well, I'm not hurting anybody by doing this. There is a spirit that will cause us or lead us to take something that's black and white and let's try to make it grow. 
It's not really that bad. Not really that bad. Well, I mean, we just can't help it in our day and time. I mean, we, we put up with so much. God is surely not worried about this. And what we do, we take the truth of God and we try to stretch it out here to where it's dry. Just water it down to where it don't mean much anymore. Beware of a spirit that try to get you to water down the truth. That's exactly what the devil did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. You shall not surely die. He took the black and white and let's try to make it gray. But beware of that spirit. We're surrounded by those that won't do us in. I'm not hurting anybody, Brother Brad. Well, what about, do you covet? What spirit do you follow? Do you gossip? What spirit do you follow? Take it to the Word of God. Try it. Do you lust? What spirit are you following? I could go on and on this evening, but I think you understand without me giving any other examples. Don't give place to the devil. He has us surrounded. But just like that little, uh, that we talked about last week, that little servant that Elisha would go out and, and he said, Alas, Master, what shall we do? We are surrounded by the enemy. We have no hope. We are in, oh, just woe is me. Woe is us. We are in such trouble. And God said, please, God, open his eyes. He can see. And God opened his eyes and he looked and there's chariots of fire all around. He said, there's more with us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We may be surrounded by the enemy, but the enemies do not know what they're up against. And we just need to trust our God more. Because I believe this, God left his church here. We are not just the caboose that's coming along in 2023. It's now, well, look back at days gone by whenever the church was doing such a good work. I believe God has work for us to do. And I believe we have more than enough to do the work we have to do. But we have to stop looking at what the world says and looking at the enemy and the old fleshly enemy out there and understand there's a spiritual warfare going on and we're here to win souls. We're here to be a blessing to this world. If God didn't need us here as His church, He would have done took us home. He left us here so we could be a blessing. So that we could help someone. So stop looking at the enemy as if we're defeated. He prepares a table for us in the presence of God. God feeds us right in, right in their face. Right in the old devil's face, God provides for us and blesses. us. The devil can't do nothing but sit back and hate it. You pray for me, we ask for something.